You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hey, friends, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about my friends out at the 10th Ward Barbershop in downtown Pittsburgh, proudly serving the historic 10th Ward in Lawrenceville and the surrounding areas. 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. I can attest to this personally. I went down there to see my buddy Kane today. He shaped me up oh so nicely, gave me a laser beam part in the top of my head. I look fantastic, and he didn't take a ton of time to. He is literally the best that I've ever gone to. Trust me when I tell you that. But you also don't have to take my word for it as much as I want you to. WWE superstars like Bray Wyatt and Corey Graves have all stopped in to see Kane at his barbershop, and they will tell you the exact same thing. Now, right now, as much as they like having walk-ins, uh, during COVID time, they're only accepting appointments. So the best way for you to get in to see Kane or any of the other fantastic staff at their shop is to go right onto their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and sign up for an appointment. That's 10th10thwardbarbershop.com. You can find them down here in downtown Pittsburgh. Stop in and see Kane and tell them that Goober sent you. Ulysses S. Grant said in 19, said in 1861, there are now but two parties, patriots, patriots and, and traitors. And it is time for the Kevin McCarthy's and the Josh Hawley's of the world to decide which party they're in. Um, I have my idea about what that might be. Friends, this is usually the part of the show where I start by saying peace and good morning, world, but I don't really feel like it's that way. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Uh, today, I'm here with my dear friends, Jeff Quinn. Hello there. And also my dear friend and special guest, Ty Brown. You. Thank you both so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. So I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm not even really sure where to start here. Uh, we really wanted to bring you this uh, sort of special episode about what happened because I felt like it was important to put a timestamp on what happened yesterday. Uh, now keep in mind, uh, we are recording this episode uh, in the evening. It's about eight o'clock, uh, a little bit after eight o'clock rather on January 7th, 2021. So it's very possible by the time you hear this episode, things may have changed uh, either drastically or hopefully not as bad as we imagined it would. But I think ultimately it came down to this was something that was really important for us to sort of like capture our our feelings and capture our emotions and our our initial thoughts uh, after this happened the same way we did after the the Portland episode and then during the protest uh, in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas uh, this past summer. Um, as you all probably know by now, at this point, there was a domestic terror attack that took place at the United States Capitol yesterday. Um, and I guess we should just start somewhere before we really jump into everything and dive in. And, and Jeff, I guess we can start with you. Um, I, I want to know how you're feeling sort of 24 hours removed from the situation and, and kind of give me where your head's at and what your thoughts are kind of at this moment, just going forward. 24 hours removed from January 6th, uh, I, I still feel about the same of I'm shocked, but I'm not like it was 
and I can get a, a little bit into more expressed feelings about it, but I am not shocked that this is something that has happened from a sitting president of the United States because we've been enduring four years of just absolute like insanity. And and I I mean this in a way of like there's a bar of like there's no way they'll be able to do that. And he just like has a hold my beer moment and just continually finds a way to you know one up the insanity that we're living through. I mean 2020 was a god awful year. We've been experiencing 4 years of absolute insanity when it comes to the office of the president of the United States. And to start off 2021 with a coup, it's it's not surprising, it's not shocking. I I do have some thoughts about how everything transpired that I do find a little bit surprising and shocking and very disappointing. That's where my thoughts are with this. And I was hungover the next day, today, so, you know. It's, <laughs> you got to process it somehow. Hey, man, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. It's how we all got through 2020. Ty, what's going on with you, man? What's uh, what's happening with you? I mean, uh, man, it's, it. you know, I, I think, you know, it, I, I, you can go, I can go deeper and deeper and deeper into this. Every time you turn around, there's, like, another piece that unfolds, like, you know, another synapsis that happens in your head and you're just like, aha, that too. But, you know, I think I, I, there's just so much that I want to push back on right now in regards to this, because I think, you know, this, this idea, like where it's like, this is insane. This isn't America. It's like, no, it is, you know, there, it, 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 it absolutely is through and through it. It's patently, I mean, I don't want to say American, and it's 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 patently the privilege of white supremacy because I I think it happens around the world where you know, in particular, white mob violence is either looked at in ways that you know it's you you kind of go you look glor you glorify it you look back the Boston Tea Party was when you know and. You know, then we go the Salem witch witch trials. At the time, they seemed like the right thing to do, and then afterwards, we look now and the, the gory details. Um, and not to mention like lynchings all throughout. You know, uh, you know slavery, and then on on. It's like this 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 mob violence, and and people literally grifting onto it. And I really, I actually feel in some ways surprisingly bad. Um, for people that were down on the Capitol steps. And the only reason why is this, is they basically, they strung those people out to dry. They they lined them up and they strung them out to dry. And then Trump came afterwards and basically denounced the whole thing and, you know, I, and conceded to to Biden. And it's kind of like, man, you just told everyone for the last two months at least um that this is what they were supposed to do and it's 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 an awful it's an awful awful thing that's happening right now um and i think the best thing that i can do right now is in instead of just like looking for places to place blame is to see where i can take accountability so 
Okay, so see, I don't want to call it a concession because I don't believe that Trump actually really conceded today. But (laughs) I guess for the benefit of the listeners here who perhaps didn't watch the news for whatever reason or maybe live under a fucking rock, um, yesterday there was something called a Save America March that took place in Washington, D.C. It was made up by Trump supporters, uh, which was eventually joined uh, by Uh, other domestic terrorists like QAnon and the Proud Boys. Uh, The morning was started off with some pretty incendiary speeches by Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer and fuckboy extraordinaire, uh, as well as Donald Trump Jr., um, also fuckboy extraordinaire. Uh, Around 1 p.m., the domestic terrorists marched down to the Capitol building, uh, and around 2.15, they breached the perimeter of the Capitol and entered um, the House and the Senate chambers had to go into the recess from the certification of votes for President-elect Joe Biden's uh, electoral college win. Um, there was armed standoffs at the House and the Senate chambers. I mean, it was just this insane, massive sort of shit show that took place all at one time. It was really quite chaotic to watch. Um, I, I, I'm curious. There's a lot of questions that a lot of people have about this. I think one of the other things that's bothering me up front about this is the fact that the media is not referring to it as a domestic terrorist attack. There's been very few people in the media who have done so. uh, And I think it's important to make sure that we're setting, again, setting the tone and tenor of this conversation and making sure we are crystal clear about exactly what happened in our country yesterday. This was a domestic terrorist attack incited and provoked by the sitting president of the United States. This was a failed coup attempt in order to hold power and prevent Joe Biden from being sworn in on the 20th. Um, I want to play this clip about what he said during that rally, because I think it's really important to add like color and context and just, uh, well, you can listen to it yourself. Uh, I'm really sorry I had to play his voice, but I feel like this is really important to the story. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. God, I hate hearing his voice so fucking much. Uh, Ty, let me just sort of send this over to you. Uh, Listening back to that and, and sort of coupled with this Giuliani speech about trial by combat. Is there any other way to look at this? type of suggestion, this type of rhetoric, this type of language in general, as anything else than a call to violence against Democrats, against some Republicans that didn't vote uh, in his way or flip the election to him. Um, Is there really any other way to look at this except for the incitement of widespread violence against his political opponents and then ultimately um, as a failed coup attempt? Well, yeah, I mean, like, there is definitely another way to look at it. And that's what Trump and Giuliani would argue, is that, you know, we, we, the words that we said were exactly what we meant them to say. Trial by combat. Well, we meant a trial in a courtroom and combat being combative in a courtroom and going through a lawful process to do so. We never intended to send people into literal combat down to the, it's like, that's exactly how they play the game is to 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 really incite and it's and let me be clear it's not just them too they did that they started it yesterday but the this this tide has been rolling you know for 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 a long time i don't i don't know if it even started 4 years ago but it's been rolling for a long time 
And, you know, what they basically did yesterday was capitalize on it. Um, and, you know, and they, they took the, the best intentions of, you know, ill-informed people and they let they laid them out to dry and you know i i kind of look at like you know some of my friends believe it or not, i have friends that voted republican and it's like i look at them and i kind of go you know if they did it for a cynical reason you know like you know we hate biden or we hate trump or whatever you know we're republicans or what have you um it's like to to really look at have them do some self-reflection right now and kind of go like you know what they just did for to you guys they put you out there and now they're going to scapegoat you guys too and say that you had no business doing these deeds and really what they did was they put out they led out laid out the blood red carpet and they said go get them and then they said no 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 we didn't mean that way after it you know after it looked ugly and it's 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 really really in, unfortunate for them to be in that situation where I, ironically or not ironically actually it's it's right on brand that you know elected officials um for their own theater purposes and for their own ego boost and their own power grab that they left their constituents out to dry in this instance um because if people if they had slaughtered those people on the steps um you know, you you would see the same tone. We didn't tell them to go there and do that. And it's like, you absolutely, we all know, I know, uh, you know, you know, we all know here that that, is, that was precisely the purpose, is they wanted to, at the very least, scare Congress. They wanted to physically intimidate them. And, you know, they got what the people that were on the ground there got what they got what they bargained for and unfortunately there was more on the table and right now the very party that they are were representing by going down to the Capitol steps basically just abandoned them and said no we don't we don't agree with this you know we we wanted you just to ask nicely <laughs> to, tell tell those tell those in those insurrectionist uh, socialist Democrats that we we would really appreciate it if they stop doing those things and not we didn't want you to storm the capitol with, with rifles um it's like <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's the most ludicrous it's so unfortunate like this whole the scope of this thing it's it's there's there's reasons to i think um there's reasons to for people to be angry and to really direct blame at where it belongs but it's also like i think if everyone looked inward, they would go, man, we've been strung out to dry like that before too, just not at that level. Like we, we haven't been, we haven't been on the Capitol steps, you know, with the direction of the elected officials that we support telling us to be there only for them to back out on us. So, right, right. And I think, you know, at, at a certain point in all of our lives, I believe that we've all at one point or another been gaslit by someone, you know, I know that I was in a really terrible relationship for about five and a half years before I was Well, let me let me put it to you this way. Hold on. Let me let me put it to you this way. So I think what Trump does better than anybody else, and I hate to even say this, but Trump 
doesn't make people think. Right? Like he doesn't make people think. Trump is amazing at making people feel things. Right? So when you think about it, you look at this entire thing and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how is that possible? But like Trump is amazing. And Eric Bischoff talks about it a lot. He talks about this idea that that politics has borrowed from pro wrestling is that they are the idea that you are at your peak when you are feeling right. If you're in the audience and you're listening to this shit and you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, well this doesn't make a ton of sense. That's not really what he's going for. He's making you feel something. So that's why the language, when people like us, we look at him and go, what the fuck is this guy talking about? That doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to make sense. That's the point. He's just out there saying whatever is going to stick to the wall. He's making people in his base feel something. Fuck Nancy Pelosi. Fuck Chuck Schumer. Fuck the Democrats. It's all this bullshit. All it is is for feeling. And that's what's keeping him in power. That's what's keeping people so riled up and so hung on to everything this guy has to say is because they feel something. They have an enemy, a common enemy together. And that's a really, really dangerous thing. And I think that's a really important part of this entire equation. When guys like us, we sit around and we talk about why people would support Trump. Well, it's clear he's using their emotions to his advantage. I think that's really, really important part that we need to talk about. But I think it's also amazing that this entire situation takes place during what is typically a very ceremonial process where they confirm uh, Joe Biden's or the the president-elect's win uh, in the that you know the House and the Senate. It's it's just very, very. It's you know I, I just hold on. Yeah. This just coming. This just coming in. Yes, we have we have from our sources that Joe Biden has been elected the next president of the United States. Yeah, that that's what it's been. And also fresh off of the newswire, uh, Joe Biden has won Georgia for the eleven thousand seven hundred and eightieth time uh, this week. So, and while I do feel a little bit of sympathy for people who are gaslit, like it's really hard for me to have sympathy for these people who are a part of this. And I'm like, I'm having a really really difficult time with that entire thing. Tell you, th- I'll tell you this straight up. I don't. I have no sympathy. Uh, at all. Uh, I don't feel any sympathy for anybody who feels gaslit. And for me, it's also very personal when you're looking at the people there and one of the people is wearing a Camp Auschwitz and anti-Semitic and Holocaust denial and racist rhetoric, QAnon bullshit. They're still utilizing blood libel and these nutbags, these terrorists, that's what they are. They're terrorists, stormed the Capitol building. And I mean, even on the news, one of the uh, women who was interviewed who got pepper sprayed is, I don't understand why they would do that. You know, like, what the fuck did you expect? (laughs) And I I have, you know what? I'm really annoyed and pissed off at the, the contortionists that we're getting from all these Republican representatives and these senators at this point, because they've enabled this. They have sat there and they have fed into the bullshit. They have fed into this man and this administration's ego. They don't want to piss off their base until eventually it has become so repugnant that you can't do any. When they come up to your own front doorstep and they kick in the door and all of a sudden they're in trouble, physical peril. They're distancing themselves. No, I, I don't have sympathy for these people. I hope every single one of them has to live with the consequences of what they've enabled over these past four years of it getting to this point. And I agree with what Ty was saying. If This is not something that started when Trump was elected. It's something that's been in our country and in our 
you know, our, our society for such a long time, and it's gotten to a boiling point. There are systematic problems that have been happening in this country that have been ignored, and it's finally gotten to a breaking point here in 2021. Jeff, now I know that friend of the show, Dr. Jonathan Friedman, uh, posted something earlier about this being compared to the beer hall pushed. And I was hoping that maybe you could put a little bit of context uh, on this type of situation and some historical analysis. Um, exactly how close to the beer hall? Well, actually, why don't we start over and why don't we why don't we start from here? What exactly is the beer hall pushed for those listening who are unaware of what it was? All right. So so the importance of understanding the 1923 beer hall pushed, especially in this context is that the beer hall pushed was an attempt to take over the government. Uh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party in 1923, and I'm summarizing this to keep it really simple because there's a lot of complexities that go into this type of history, but the main thing that I want to touch at on is the end and the consequences of the beer hall push. Essentially, started a coup, an armed coup to overthrow in Munich the local government and utilizing it as a way to overthrow the government in Berlin, the, the Weimar Republic at this point. It was a failed attempt because the police showed up. They, it was 16 Nazis were killed and I believe four police officers at the Beer Hall Push. Adolf Hitler was wounded. Two days later, he was arrested. He was tried and, and jailed and he was and this is the key for it, the consequences. So the individuals who were caught after the beer hall push, Adolf Hitler was sentenced to five years in prison. He served eight months. And what scares me the most about the fact that we had an attempted coup on our national government, and I'm going to call him how I see him, is the consequences if Donald Trump or any of these individuals who actually went through and did this do not face the consequences, that is the scariest comparison because historians will tell you the fact that it was such a slap on the hand for Adolf Hitler and the Nazis really emboldened them. It taught them how to change their techniques, that they needed to do things through a legal standpoint, which is how you got everyone elected and Adolf Hitler eventually elected into a, de a democratic republic and turning it into a dictatorship. But more importantly, the consequences, you're not, if you do not punish the individuals responsible for trying to commit treason, then this entire movement is just going to move slightly underground and four years from now, actually two years from now, I will tell you, two years from now when you're going to see the re-election bids, whether it is Donald Trump or, God forbid, somebody worse, I will tell you, do I believe that Donald Trump will at least try to run again? It's, it's reasonable. But I think we're going to see somebody a lot fucking worse if this goes unchecked. There needs to be consequences for the, for the fact that this administration and these these congressmen and these senators who have backed this behavior for so long, there needs to be consequences for it. There needs to be consequences from the individuals who marched on the Capitol and broke into the chamber. Every single one of them needs to be arrested, and they should not be seeing the light of day for at least a decade. 
it's it's it is repugnant. And Jeff, I'm really glad that you brought this up because I, I I really don't believe in my heart that just because Donald Trump's going to be out of office in two weeks that any of all of this just stops, right? Like this shit just doesn't go away. This has been fully baked and ingrained into American DNA since the origins of this country when we stole the land from the native peoples and then the original sin of slavery and baked in with years and years and decades and centuries of of just rampant anti-semitism uh this kind of thing just doesn't stop you know trump is the uh, the personification of a lot of these evils that are in our country and i i'm afraid of where this will go next I don't think that Joe Biden is going to pardon anyone, right? Like, I I highly doubt that any of that type of situation is going to happen. I don't see it being a Gerald Ford thing. Uh, But to be fair, the Nixon situation was vastly different than what we're dealing with right now. Uh, But what freaks me the hell out, I think more than anything, is what's going to happen within the next two weeks. I mean, this guy is still president, and he just had a failed coup attempt. Uh, what happens uh, if shit gets worse for him, right? What happens if they start to, uh, you know, articles of impeachment again, or they, 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 someone invokes the 25th amendment. Um, and again, in the highly unlikely chance that the old man resigns and Mike Pence becomes president, Mike Pence could offer him an unconditional pardon for this or any other federal crimes that are coming down the pipeline. Do they want to put the thumb on the end game here? Um, to the benefit of who, you know, um, and so it's like if, you know, I think there's a, a there's a chance, obviously, that that could happen. I don't want to rule it out. I don't think I, I think that it's unlikely that that'll happen. And if I think before that happens, I think um, Congress would move to impeach Trump um, before that happens. I think if 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 Pence was not to was was to not invoke the 25th Amendment. Um, I think, and there's already been talk about it. Like, I think um, Pelosi might have. I think I think she said something about it um, that they would they would move to impeach uh, Donald Trump again, and um, and 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 probably successfully do it um, this time around, considering that the houses of Congress are now controlled by the Democrats. So, you know, I think that would happen before. Um, before, uh, you know, Pence was to try to, you know, take the reins and then pardon Trump. I think even um, Pence himself said that he doesn't want to um, invoke the 25th Amendment. Um, so uh, it's, I think it's, I think there's an interesting, it's, it's not an interesting, it's a craven and sadistic narrative that like we, we're, we're witnessing you know the levers of power and and the the biggest egos on the planet at play um you know that are basically kind of you know going to steer this conversation and kind of go well how can i make how can i preserve my career how can i preserve my 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 stance and my 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 reelection bid in uh in in two years how can i preserve that and and ensure that that's going to happen and it's the appearance of doing the right thing you know i'm going to do the right thing or i'm going to thread the needle i'm going to try to do that and that is something that's patently like neoconservative is to just try to thread the needle and put out the right messaging and rob you blind when you turn your back 
And I think that is probably the brand that's going to prevail here more than people, you know, and in being incentivized by Trump, you know, in, in a, as elected officials. I think we as citizens are easier are more susceptible to that because, you know, especially right now, because we don't have any fucking money and we don't have shit to do. So it's like, so it's like people are easy, more easily sheepdog behind stuff like that. But these people have time, money, and they have power at their very fingertips. It's almost like a Lord of the Ring reference. It's like, don't tempt me. Like as soon as that ring comes towards you and it's, it, it's the ring, if the ring of power is like circling around the government right now. And it's like... <laughs> If I were to take this ring, I would try to use it for good. <laughs> Precisely no, what I'm talking I, about. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting, the points that you're bringing up, Ty. And for me, what I'm I'm constantly trying to wrap my brain around is that you're right with something like the 25th Amendment, because you know that Pence is going to try for you know, 2024 of putting his name into the race and what that means for the base that he's been able to gain behind Donald Trump, as well as just the facts of it in order to execute and the 25th amendment, he needs the cabinet behind him or at least a majority of the cabinet. So that way he doesn't have to go to Congress. There's a whole, right. whole bunch of different appeals processes. And then the actual wild card is Donald Trump. How is he going to handle it? I don't think you're going to be able to have a reasonable conversation with an individual about strategizing for a long game when all he cares about is not looking like a loser in this scenario. Because mm -hmm. that's all this rhetoric has been. He's telling individuals that it's been stolen and that there's... You know, and again, I, I believe absolutely back in 2016, he had no need, he had no expectation or want want to actually be president of the United States. He tried to mouth off and then create some sort of basis so he could create the next Trump network or Fox News, something that he could put his name on. And then, shocker, he was elected. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not shocked by anything that has happened through this, but I think you're absolutely right that you're not going to see... It's, it's possible, the likelihood. It's kind of like a coup that just happened. I thought it was likely. I just didn't know when it, when it was going to. I thought it was actually going to happen sooner, to be completely honest with you. And, but not there. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Today I'm here with my guests Jeff Quinn and Ty Brown, and we are talking about January 6th, 2021. Uh, guys, and I have a quick question for you as we're starting to talk about some different things with the 25th Amendment versus impeachment again. What's the timeline look like for something like this to happen? Like, how quickly could the House move to advance the articles of impeachment to the Senate? And then what's the likelihood of it even succeeding at this point now that the Democrats have control of Congress? When do the Democrats actually get sworn in uh, for that that session? Well, they're not in session. That's the, that's that's 
that's the thing. They would have to call a special session for impeachment. For the 25th Amendment, which I think is why it's being talked about, is because it's the most expedient way to get Donald Trump out. For an, impe- for an impeachment, they have to draw up the articles of impeachment, then it has to be passed within the House. Then the Senate oversees it of whether or not they're going to convict. And then it's a whole trial process in which, after that, there is the removal part. It's timely. Uh, I think the likelihood of them continuing to do it, it is sort of a moot point. Agreed. I mean, it is it is a moot point at this point because yeah. he's going to be out within the next two weeks. I mean, you know, a little over two weeks, whatever it is. But the inauguration happens on the 20th. Half of me is saying, yeah, I mean, what's the fucking point? But the other half is like there has to be some kind of mechanism, right? There has to be some sort of uh, thing, anything, something tangible. That- because like now we know for sure. Right. Like not that we didn't know for sure before, but like now we know for sure that this man will stop at nothing to retain power. He will literally do anything and everything, including staging a coup at the fucking United States Capitol. Yeah, I disagree. uh, Yeah, uh, uh, I disagree to a little bit in that um, we know how worse it is now. Like he's still in power. We get that. We have to endure two more weeks of it. We're trying, you know, he really isn't doing anything other than stirring up this base, how he and the administration are going to react now. That's a really big mystery. I think what's more important is after, after the inauguration, how Donald Trump is handled. If honestly, I know that New York has been building a case and they're just waiting for the president yeah they're waiting for the presidential immunity to be over nothing would make me happier than to to see the the new york state police waiting for him outside of the white house for when he leaves and taking him into custody that would be that would be that would be a delightful i you know i would have you know i'd go full midnight six to midnight full six to midnight (laughs) right for that but on top of saying all that I don't know the likelihood of it. It's th- what scares me the most is I haven't seen enough. I'm not convinced enough from the individuals who are now trying to save face and save their careers. Right. Of whether they're actually going to do anything. And that's what's terrifying for me. And if, you know, Ty and, and Adam, if you have any thoughts about that, like I'd love to hear them because that's what's terrifying me the most of what happens when he's not in office. That's what's terrifying to me too is um it's you know i i teach children and i know how tantrums work (laughs) if i know anything it's how a tantrum works um and you know if if you don't squash it out if you don't really get a hold of it and really and, and really like negotiate that child out of that tantrum or you know just like i said squash it out you know um, then that behavior is going to it's it's going to pervade the entire classroom. It's going to disrupt the entire classroom for the for hours. Which in this case, if we relate it to this, we're talking about decades, if not if not longer, of disruption from an individual. So I do agree. Like they need to lay the. They, they hammer down on the situation, the sledgehammer down on him. And they, they, he should, 
not only be like I, I mean maybe I'm wrong or I don't know my rule of law here, but I'm like there four people died down on those steps. I mean, I don't know what the what the, the, the law would be, but like involuntary manslaughter. I mean, they literally negotiated they they, they coerced people and encouraged them to go into a burning building. And uh, and and look, they did it willfully because they're they're idiots too. But like, but they they or they they're idiots and also ideologically aligned. But you know, when if if you're a leader of a room, of a, if you're a leader of a classroom or a leader of a movement, you always have the opportunity to go no 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 no, we're not doing that. And most people, not all. But more often than not, people are going to back down. They might go into a different direction to to go crazy. But they told them to go down there. They told them to bus into D.C. They told them to fly into D.C. They told them to do that. Those people had no business being down there. Zero. They should have been back in, you know, flip a blip you know, Wisconsin or something or wherever they, they came from. They should have been there in their homes doing whatever they need look brooding over the fact that donald trump lost though they could still be doing that and sulking i mean hell we did it in 2016 right <laughs> i did it this year when when you know my stated candidate you know ended up dropping out i brooded i was pissed i i tantrumed i i got mad but i also i also didn't decide that i was going to light a flame to a stick and then march down to the Capitol and start threatening, you know, you know, the Democratic establishment for weaseling again or or threaten, you know, Republicans for pushing, you know, this sort of manufacturing of consent around socialism and things like that. Like I I I fully know that there are there is a time for, you know, this kind of behavior there's a time and place for when there's righteous anger that needs to be that needs to be inspired into people so that way people make the right move but they took the worst of people they capitalized on it doubled down on it and like and basically drove that locomotive straight towards the the cliff and like everyone fell off and they just basically sat there and said no 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 and i think to the point you know, afterwards, it's like, what happens next month in February? What happens? And I, I really, really hope, really hope that the that they 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 take this as seriously as their rhetoric is is saying. There's a lot of bluster right now of saying we're going to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment, or we're like they really need to make sure that we don't you know, witness, you know, another instance of the beer hall push again on this soil where I think someone had said it there, like, you know, after a a, uh, a coup, an unsuccessful coup, historically, the next coup is successful. Like, the next attempt is successful. And I'm like, and to me, like, there's I see a lot of people even even especially in like leftist organizing spaces and some uh and just some other comrades that I have that are kind of down they're downplaying this they're kind of like you're like come on we love come on you know and it's it's sort of I'm like you know 
I can get being skeptical, but I, I, I don't appreciate cynicism in this situation. Um, because right. Or even being like, even being like apathetic to it. Yeah. And especially because it's like in some, in some cases, a lot of those very same people aren't the people that would be the first to be picked off in this instance, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's like, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you're in the situation and you're privileged enough to understand that there, that there's that, that, that you are in a position where you're not necessarily going to be the first to be shipped off on a, uh, on a, uh, on a, on a, on a train to a concentration camp, then maybe you should understand and comprehend and empathize with the fears of people that have historical trauma around these things. Uh, that goes through their roots, goes through their lineage, and like understand that like they, there's real fears right now. That not just because it's not just Trump. We're not talking about just him as an individual. It's the energy that surrounds him and the energy, the explosive energy that surrounds this sort of a situation. And it's like the only way that we can can like actually move forward is to actually bring justice right now for what happened down there. And I mean justice for all in this situation. There is no reason, no reason why any of the elected officials that sat there for the last year, two years, and stirred this pot, there's no reason why any of them should be seated at this at the table anymore. They should not be. And we should not be waiting for two more years to decide that out. We just watched what Matt Gates say on say last night. I mean, I can't, like, some of the things that he was saying, I was like, you are absolutely, you are, you, are you going for the spot? Are you going to run for president in four years? Because you seem like you're sound, you sound like you're trying to run for that spot. And, um, and he's just as foolish enough. And just, just as uh, you said something earlier, Adam, and it was like about Trump not wanting people to think. And it's like, no, he, he preys upon people that are reactionary. So, you know, you know, and it's like, so you throw out something incendiary and people go, oh, you know what, you're right. And the perfect platform for that is social media because you can just, you can just careen around and throw a meme on something or, or a, a limerick and people go like, oh, you know what, I agree with that. And they don't even know that it was... And it must be true. I saw it on the internet. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I think it's also, too, I think it's important to remember that it is uh, far past time for the comeuppance of social media at this point, um, who are completely and utterly complicit in this entire thing. Like, let's not get it twisted. They could have put a stop to Trump's bullshit on Twitter a really, really long time ago. Mm -hmm. And they haven't. And now there is blood on their hands as well as Trump and Ted Cruz and the rest of these fucking morons who incited this kind of violence. I mean, legit, they've had every opportunity to stop this. Going all the way back to the birther shit. Like, what was that, 2013, 2014? They could have started it then. But they threw their hands up and were like, well, this is important that we need to see these things and everybody needs to read this. It's like, give me a fucking break. Fuck, I mean, just fucking deplatform the guy like you did to Alex Jones, that other fucking douchebag. Put like a permanent poop emoji right on top of his profile. That, you know, it's just shit. Poop, poop, poop. <laughs> just put a big giant piece of shit right where his default picture is supposed to be and call it a fucking day. 
How will I be able to tell the difference between the shit and the profile picture, Adam? <laughs> he called the shit poop. Look, can we please, can we just try to get Jack Dorsey to do that before they suspend his account? Can we please just do that? But, like, honestly, here's the thing, right? Like, Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and the rest of these guys, like, uh, to me, it's almost like it's too little too late when they start, like, deleting tweets or putting notices on things. Like, uh, at, at what point do you draw the line as not just as a social media company, but as a private enterprise? How soon, how far do you have to be pushed and what line do you have to cross in order for the uh, the weight of the destruction of democracy uh, outweighs the this idea of leaving these tweets up for the common good? Like, what point do we get to? They've had ample time to pull this shit down. They've had ample time to do something and they fumble yeah. every single fucking time. But as far as like consequences, my concern is that this idea of the continued mobilization and weaponization of social media coupled with someone who is a hundred times smarter mm-hmm. than Trump I guess my question or is someone that, that oh, is a hundred times you, younger than Trump is going to actually be able to pull this off successfully. And, you know, I really do believe this, right? I really do believe that there needs to be serious consequences, not just for Donald Trump and not just for his idiot son and not just for Rudy, but for the rest of these fucking idiots, these people in Congress that started this shit, that helped him rile it up, that perpetuated the cycle of lies and bullshit that continued to go unfiltered and unregulated to the point where we have people storming the fucking capital of the United States government. They need to be tried for sedition, they need to be tried for treason, and they need to be publicly shamed or whatever the fuck we else we need to do in order to ensure something like this doesn't happen again. However, I would be remiss. It would be a crime for me to not acknowledge the fact. Actually, let me let me put it this way. What were the images that we saw on television? The smashing of the windows, the theft, the larceny, the protesting. Exactly. Do I even need to make this comment? Do I even need to make this analysis? Or do all of you listening in the Purple Gang right now know what the fuck I'm talking about? Because you know where I'm going with this. I'm glad. I'm really glad that you brought this up. I'm really glad you brought this up. And so the fuck am I. <laughs> there is absolutely no fucking way that this would have went on as long as it did if the people who were quote-unquote protesting skin color were a couple shades darker. The blood would have been running down the fucking street. And y'all know that's the truth, too. If you don't believe me, then you're fucking lying to yourselves because you know it's the goddamn truth. They literally pepper-sprayed people standing and protesting, peacefully protesting, mind you, in Washington, D.C., so that Donald Trump could do a fucking photo op holding a Bible. They tear gas these fucking people. Like, are you kidding me right now? This is the same law enforcement that broke up a peaceful protest with tear gas and pepper spray for people who were playing violins. Look, Sami Zayn said it the best. I'm old enough to remember when George Floyd was murdered by police for allegedly using a fake $20 bill. And now you have these fucking jackasses, these lunatics, Vanilla Isis, looting and storming through and destroying the United States Capitol. Now, Ty, if you can, uh, I am uh, I want you to speak on this if you can, and, and, and briefly if possible. <laughs> 
briefly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, briefly if possible. Um, I just kind of want you to speak on this. And also maybe let me just rephrase this or, or just give it to you as a question. Why do you think that the Capitol Police didn't stop these domestic terrorists while they were doing this? There's so many so many things that, that are attached to this. You know, there's videos uh, of the police opening the gates. There's, you know, I lived in D.C. for a year. You could not walk on to, you, you, that, that's, you couldn't go up there. You know, like, you, and the fact that they were even that close. And then there's videos of police officers opening the gate. There's video of this happening. You know, if I when I gathered my thoughts about like the hypocrisy of you know people you know shouting about looting and rioting, still, still right now, right this instant, a lot of the people that were well-intentioned white people that voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris right now aren't denouncing the looting and the violence. They're not denouncing it. They're saying, man, there was a coup. Man, there was a coup. I'm like, no, not only was there a coup, there was violence. There was looting. There was shooting. There was all of that stuff. There was intimidation of people that we put our money, we pay their salaries. They were ready to throw our money away. And you guys, and and so many people were silent. Or, or are silent, I should say, right now about that, or they're soft pedaling it. And I'm like, you guys were pissed because they knocked over a fucking Walgreens. You're pissed because they knocked over his fucking Walgreens. Why aren't you just as pissed right now? Why aren't you fired up right now on some, I'm demanding that they do some shit right now? There should be people in Philadelphia right now in the state of Pennsylvania, wherever there is a liberal bastion, marching to the doors of these of these elected officials and saying, you need to prosecute these individuals, every single one of them that you can get face recognition on that stormed that Capitol building because they were ready to prosecute people for stealing fucking sneakers out of stores, for stealing liquor from liquor stores. They were ready to throw, and they are throwing black people in jail still for those actions. So... What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Every single individual that even set set foot and even leaned into the intention of walking into the Capitol building, whether you were maced, carried out in handcuffs, or whether or not you were set free, because most of them walked home free. Like, every single one of those individuals needs to be tracked down and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, not because of what they did, in the Capitol building per se, but because it's a crime, as they call it, across the board. So if it's a crime when black people do it, if it's a crime when mass liberation activists do it, when they're marching in the streets screaming Black Lives Matter or whatever, when 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 if if it's a crime when that happens, we you know, we saw what happened on six seventy six. We saw what happened and what was 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 checked off on by Mayor Kenny and and uh, an outlaw. They 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 based they they tear gassed almost an act of domestic terrorism, right? They tear gassed peaceful protesters on a highway because they wanted to 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 drive home the point 
they wanted to drive home the point that that behavior wasn't acceptable. It's almost incredible, this idea that what happened in Philadelphia on, on I-676 or that the protesters on 676 are in the same league or in the same class as the domestic terrorists that took over the Capitol. I mean, the, just the mental gymnastics about that are just are just amazing. Or that somehow what happened on I-676 in Philadelphia is somehow uh, worse than or more than exactly. <laughs> what happened in D.C. yesterday. Like, it's just, it's just, it's unfucking believable it is becoming virtually impossible for me to sit and listen to anyone with a straight face who suggests that there are not two different forms of law enforcement in this country. And all you need to do, all you need to do is turn on the TV today and watch what happened. One of the, 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 the most gripping things about, about being a black person in this country is that we knew this shit was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. And I'm like, the only people that are of the global majority that don't understand or are people that are just denying reality. We knew this was going to happen. We've watched it happen historically in this country. We've seen it over and over and over again. People be absolved of their behavior when they are white, especially in situations where they are basically given up given the the encouragement from elected officials to take on these sort of actions like we knew this was going to happen these were things that it's it's called institutionalized racism for a for a reason this isn't this is a property inside of the context of this idea that is america that's built in from the time that they committed genocide against native americans to now they they decided that there was going to be a a a a a a a a supremacy of white people here and because we're witnessing right before our very eyes a lot of those things be snatched away they're being snatched away because of their own practices of you know of essentially bringing in more slave labor, you know, uh, you know, I mean, this country wouldn't be anything right now if it wasn't for the undocumented immigrants that work in this country, you know, like, because right now their children are here, their children have opportunity, their children grow up to be something. Senators, they grow up to be, Warnock, his mom, his, his mother picked cotton. You know, they're, 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 they grow up to be powerful people, to have influence in this country. And we're seeing in this country a lot of that power start to be wrestled away on a daily basis. And it's something that people have to confront. And the, the, the first confrontation, uh, the first stoking of this, this, this happened decades ago, happened centuries ago. But what happened yesterday was just another installment. It was another installment, another, you know, another, another uh, generation of people that are able to bear witness of what systemic and institutionalized racism looks like right in front of your face. And, you know, I, I, I wish that I, I, I believed that they would, they, were, they would pick out everyone in those crowds and they would arrest them. I wish that I believed that that was going to happen. But I, I 
fully it's not know going it's to. not going to happen. It's not going to. And, and I'm 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 really glad that this is a conversation that we're having. Um, and you specifically touched on the main thing that needs to be talked about when it comes to the situation because Ty and Adam, you're absolutely right. If it was people of color that had done that, you, again, as Adam said earlier, the blood would be flowing. And it's the fact that the officers who were there, they let it happen. They knew it was going to happen. They enabled it. It's so systemic in the law enforcement system that they let this happen. It shouldn't have happened. And that is what's terrifying and pisses me off. Not the fact that there was a bunch of people who tried to storm into the Capitol because they were you know, whiny and bitching and upset. It's the fact that the police let it happen. Am I surprised by it? No. Am I infuriated by it? Absolutely. And the problem is how embedded it is. Do you, the, the DC police, the, the commissioner, could have shut that shit down immediately if he wanted to. Immediately. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They wanted it to happen. They let it happen. Because, unfortunately, there's just so much systematic and just personal racism and hatred entrenched because trump said it himself we're the party of law and order well the reason is because he knows his base is there because all these people have these fucking vitriolic feelings so you do know as well that last night in new york protesters marched to trump tower suddenly the nypd remembered I, I guess they they found an extra store of uh, of 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 how to abuse citizens who were organizing because <laughs> of course they their reaction did. in New York was completely different to the reaction that was going on in D.C. They were chasing, swinging their batons, and 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 absolutely going ham on people in New York. So you know, and I'm not even sure. Like I like. I'm I'm one of those people where it's like, you know, I think there's a time and a place for everything and a time and a place for everyone. I don't like I wouldn't look at you two and be like, well, why the fuck weren't you down at Trump Tower? You know, like everyone has a place in the movement and there's absolutely a time where people need to take, you know, take to the streets. But, you know, I wasn't I'm not going up to New York or flying down to one of his failed casinos and in uh in atlantic city to to protest you know but you know it's the right to assemble these are things that are built into the constitution it's like at every single at every single level they're attacking things that are built into the constitution that are there to to bust to buttress the rights that we do have um the right to assemble they, they weren't throwing bricks outside of trump tower or trying to go into the building they were outside chanting and the police showed up and then they essentially started to push them back away from it and it's just but like yesterday with what happened in dc they're using this ideology of the right to assemble as a fucking farce like you can pro you can pro you can protest outside of the white house you can absolutely. protest all day long and if you have the permit but the moment that you step on the white house grounds secret service agents beat the shit out of you, you're put into a black van, and then the next thing you know, you're in a black site about to get waterboarded for stepping foot on national property. That should have been the same exact reaction for the people that stepped foot in the exactly. Capitol. Exactly. It's so, it's so crazy to me because, you know, 
I, I've been trying to like bridle myself and not like overreact and like not you know overlaunch the situation because like I I'm one of those people where if I see like if I see uh, something spinning fast, it's like I don't spin fast with it because I feel like it's going to get out of control. I try to be strident and I try to like you know and try to think my way through it and try to walk through it. But it's like in situations like this, there are such there's such blatant undergirding forces that have been like weaponized against people on both sides of this and then there are the majority of people are just in the middle the majority of the people aren't the ones that are like i i fully believe i fully believe this and just like you know there's people that that voted for biden and biden will do something fucked up right inevitably right he'll do something fucked up um, or, or somebody will do something fucked up in the Democratic Party in the next four years. And people will go like, well, Adam, <laughs> didn't you vote for him? And they assign that shit to you as if you were there, they're carrying water for it the whole time. It's like, I didn't agree to that shit. Um, so I do, I fully understand that there's people, there's a, there's a huge swath of people that are in the middle that were just sitting at home watching in horror. You know, um, people that, are absolutely like well look i i wanted i wanted biden to lose you know people on both sides a lot of people wanted biden to, they wanted biden to um they wanted trump to lose not necessarily for biden to win and there's people that wanted biden to lose not necessarily for trump to win and it's it's like there's there's this idea that like there's that people are like anyone who signs up for this or anyone who voted in this transactional election one way or another that you're right or wrong it's like, I know that there's people that are just sitting at home going like, holy shit, we just smacked a hornet's nest and we don't, and like everyone's going to be running for cover. There are people that are elected officials that were down in that fucking Capitol building that know that those people don't know who their congressperson was. And if those, if they stormed that Capitol building, that there was a good chance that they would have gotten their heads bashed in just as quick as any any anybody that we support so i, I want to get to adam but i just have a question for the both of you because i understand your point i i really do um but i'm at this point personally and this is for our viewers as well as the two of you and i'm not necessarily looking for an answer about it but with a party that has aligned itself the way that it has under trump where there are people that are telling you that black lives don't matter. There are people that are chanting shit like six million more that don't give a shit about whether because of the color of your skin, because of someone's sexual orientation, because of my religious beliefs, if we, if we even have the right to live, because that is part of his base. It is not all of it. I'm not saying it is not all of it. But if you're going to lump yourselves in with the worst of the worst, a cancer to society, I'm uh, personally, I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot back anybody who e even entertained it. At, at, at this, at this particular juncture, if you haven't, if it, it, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's, I feel like there was, there was room for negotiation for the last four years. Fuck it. Even like, you know, staunch like Democrats, like Robert De Niro, right after the Trump one was like, was like, give them a chance, right? So, you know, 
but at this juncture there's like no negotiating there's no space to to like vindicate anyone who willfully stirred up this shit there's no there's no reason there's that's not that's i want to be clear that's not at, at all what i'm trying to do or what i what i am what i'm gearing towards i think that there are people when i'm talking about is individual citizens there's people that i absolutely know directly one on one that 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 voted for him and i hear you on that absolutely, one it's just for, for, for yeah. me it's it's i don't want to know you anymore like yeah, i'm sorry i yeah, just I, I don't i i like so from it's a very it's a it's a very fine line because I, my personal practice is to let people I, I don't let people know who I voted for because I think it's I think it's a shit show it's a it's an illusion and you know and I think people spend you know four years gearing up towards a fist fight and then what we what we witnessed how many I remember this on the schoolyard when I was in elementary school one of my friends pumping me up to fight somebody else and then me going like, yeah, I'm going to beat him up. And I get my ass whooped. And then like, I, like the, the following week, I just want to rage against anything and anyone around me because I don't have anyone that I can rely on to trust, number one. And number two, there's people that are just agitating me around me all the time. So it's like, I, I know what that feels like. That's not an excuse for anyone to perform, act out, or even to continue to support this this idiot you know like there's there's there was never in my in my book there was never a reason to support him there was never a reason to support him absolutely there was never a time in my mind where i could ever stop and rationalize the fact that anybody would support this human being for any reason whatsoever it's just and, and at this juncture for me it's like the scary part is is that you know how how do you you know how do we as individuals one-on-one how do we resolve this problem you know because you know we there's no voting off the island here you know there's there's no we're not going to be able to lop off a part of the country and just put everyone on the island and and just go you guys stay over there and we'll stay over here it's just no one's going to get out my partner always says it to me no one's getting out of here alive period no one's getting out of this place alive. So what do we do while we're here to fix this problem? We have, we have to. And I'm not saying we have to move to the middle on policy. Not at all. I think actually the answer to that, to, to, to massage the fears and to massage people out of their craven nature is that you have, right. to, you have to move things towards, you know, really changing what how we value things like labor how we value people how we value families changing our value system you know um i think that is the way to go but i i also know that we can't do it we can't do it by negotiating with with republicans because we've been playing tennis on their side of the court for the last 40 years We've been playing tennis on their side of the court and nothing has fucking changed. My partner is 50 years old, 57 years old. And he told me in his 57 years, nothing has changed. And we've, 
we've gotten like some things here and there. Like we've gotten like, yes, there's been gay marriage and things like that. That's great. But when it comes to like, if anything, they've changed for the worse economically for people. And it's in a, in a, in a, in an institutionalized capitalist society that's dog eat dog. It's only going to bring out the worst in everybody at every single turn. And you couple that with, or you undergird that with white supremacy. It's like, it's a wrap. There, there has to, yeah. there has it's to a be a start yeah. where we start to dismantle things. And where the rubber meets the road for me is to like, know, like, am I going to talk to, you know, this other person that I don't agree with in a way that about the things that we don't agree on, or am I going to talk to him about or her about the the things that we do agree on? Because we all agree on community. We all agree on family. We all agree on those, like on these core pillars of society. We agree on those things. So it's like, how do we get these people to understand that Fuck if you vote Democrat or Republican, but you cannot vote for that. You cannot vote for that ever again. And we also, I'm sorry, one more thing. And we also can't put ourselves in a position where in four more fucking years, we're sitting here with another election where it's about the straw that breaks the camel's back. We cannot put ourselves in that position again. And if we do, as people that are progressives, people that are leftists, people that are, people that are, uh, you know, Democrats or whatever, liberals, whatever. Like, we can't afford to advocate in a way for the next two years and then the next four years where we put ourselves in a position where we have to go like, oh no, if we don't elect whatever we can drum up, then we're going to get the most horrible person in the world. We can't put ourselves in that position. It's time for the people that we elected to put in power to up the game and to up the ante so that way people understand that that voting against your best interest is not something you'll ever have to do again. You know, it's like, let's level this shit up. You know, like it's, and I'm, I'm afraid right now, it's like, I, I'm afraid that what we have too much, too much of what we have, I should say, is not up to task for that. And, um, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. So, you know, it's I'm sitting here thinking about it and reflecting on everything that you guys have said, and I, I, I wish I could be more eloquent at this moment. But <laughs> I also feel like you guys have really touched on everything I wanted to say. So, I think for me, this is the line in the sand moment. And what I mean by that is that I don't believe now that anyone who voted for Donald Trump, past and present, can look at themselves and say that they don't know what he's about anymore, right? Because you could argue that, like, you know, there's this whole thing about how, oh, the, the media's playing it up and they're hanging on to the little things and Giuliani farted during a meeting and all this other shit. But, like, now you know what he's capable of and you have seen this for your own eyes. And if you continue to justify the behaviors and the things that have happened, then you are telling me as an individual, someone who looks at you and may view you as a friend, that you are not only understanding and in in most ways okay with this, but you're also complicit in continuing this type of behavior. That the insanity of this guy's uh, propaganda machine has completely engulfed you 
I have personally cut people out of my life recently who are diehard Trump supporters and have accused me of being part of this grand conspiracy of this QAnon bullshit, uh, you know, and have used like anti-Semitic and racist memes inside of a group chat. I mean, I have seen this with my own eyes and this shit just doesn't get better. It just doesn't go away overnight. But I think at the same time, I think you need to be realistic about what's happening. And I think you need to understand as a person who may may have supported him or who may not support him anymore because of what happened, you need to take a really hard look in the mirror about this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it's far past time for people to take a good hard look in the mirror at themselves and decide what it is that they stand for. Because if you stand for something like this and this is what you believe and this is what you want out of your leader or this is what you want in your society that I don't think we equate and I don't think we're going to jive anymore. I just, I, I just can't, I can't get my head around that idea. And look, I mean, I get it. I get it. We all went through this in 2016 when Hillary Clinton lost the election. Like we had no fucking idea that this was going to happen, you know? And I know that my, my preferred candidate, Bernie Sanders did not win. Um, and that's okay. And I think for me too, because Bernie didn't win and he had all these amazing ideas and platforms, it was hard not to feel a little jaded and hard not to feel a little upset about what happened, you know? Absolutely. You're absolutely right with that, Adam. You're absolutely right. It's hard to not feel that way. But, but again, something that was not expressed is, you know what? Ty said it. You sulk, you get over it and you move forward of how you, you, how you work with the hand that you're dealt. Exactly. How you know what? You, you can always, you can always hopefully Get new, get some new cards. That way, the hand that you're dealt will be a little bit better for a poker analogy. Right? I think people need to understand the difference, and most people don't understand the difference between transactional politics and movement politics. Yes, you yes. Know? So, Thank and you. people will people will claim to be part of a movement. They will say, "Oh, I'm part of a movement," you know, uh, but they don't understand that, you know, you know, the movement you know, that you're part of, it supersedes any individual election. And, you know, I think for people that have, you know, that that charged out into the streets, you know, you know, and and they were I mean, I mean these these are people I I saw things that I hadn't seen in my lifetime. You know, I saw people, you know, rally around causes and rally together despite differences because they they saw that there was something that was clearly wrong in this country and it was like evident when we saw you know George Floyd get snuffed out it was evident when they hunted Ahmad Arbery down like they they this these things created you know a these moments created a movement of people that that decided collectively that they weren't going to take it anymore. We're not going to take it anymore. That movement needs to go beyond any individual election. And I just witnessed this. One of my partner's friends had said it the other day, and it like I it took every ounce. I'm a pr- I'm a prickly person, as you guys both know on social media. Um, and one of the things that he, he, I, he, I wrote this thoughtful thing, or my partner wrote this thoughtful thing, and his response to it was, you know, 
basically where I think Joe Biden is going to bring the world together. And I'm like, I think that is, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's not, it's not ridiculous. I'm not saying anybody who's, you know, behind the cult of personality that is Joe Biden. I'm not saying that Joe Biden is a ridiculous person. I think he is, but I'm not saying that in this instance. I'm saying that it's ridiculous. Text is key. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Context is king. Context is king always. And listen, Ty, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I sort of have to interject uh, at this moment for a breaking news update. A uh, friend of the show, Heather Mason, just sent out a group chat that uh, the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, has just resigned. Oh, shit. Yes. And she said in her statement that Trump's rhetoric was a, quote, inflection point for her. So... Oh, fuck off. Yeah, my feelings exactly. Let me tell you something, Betsy DeVos. Too little, too late. Do you see what I talked about? Absolutely. What I was talking about, Absolutely. Though, the careerist motive. Look what I, like, it's like. It's that transactional it, politics that you were talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, people, people are like, I need it. I need, I need to keep my job. I need to keep safe face from this horrible, horrible situation. Now, it won't take everybody. But it'll take a few that are going to be like, uh, like, this isn't my brand. But wait, like, like, this is your brand, though. This is what you signed up for. You knew this was happening. Yeah. And how the, how the fuck is she? What is she talking about the rhetoric? Where the fuck was she? (laughs) (laughs) I guess living under a fucking rock or not doing her job. Oh my God. All right, friends. Well, that's going to do it for us today uh, on Foundation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning into this special episode. Uh, we felt like we really needed to do this. Uh, it was really important for us to sort of talk about this and sort of get this episode recorded for posterity or any other reason that we could possibly think of. But don't forget to subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast places. Uh, We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, anywhere you can get us, uh, you can find us there. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. You can also follow me at at this is goober. That is also my Twitter handle. So it all encompasses one place. Also, you can find this episode and our entire archive right now at foundationradio.net. All the links will be in the show notes for you so you can't miss it uh jeff quinn ty brown thank you so much for stopping by we really appreciate it um be good to each other out there we'll see you again next week take care be safe everybody and wear a fucking mask we're still in a pandemic and and also wear a hat if you're doing it on your jimmy if you're doing the nasty um (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's really important that's also a very important thing wear a jimmy if you're doing the nasty thank you ty for that public service announcement all right friends peace Foundation Radio is recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and Sam Kreps. Our intro and outro is produced by Dumb Ugly. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Foundation underscore radio. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Foundation Radio Pod. This has been a Foundation Radio production.